The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. So it is, of course, the 20th anniversary of News Talk, and, and that meant we, we had to talk to the man broadly known as father of the station, the, the eminence grease of, of the, the entity, Sean Moncrief, who is, you are the longest standing on-air member of staff. Joe Gilroy from Off the Ball was here from day one. Those sports boys are different, though. Yeah, it's like so the face and body jobs. doesn't count. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I suppose I'm the longest one uh, here. You started Moncrief when? Uh, 2004. Now, were you just straight off Don't Feed the Gondolas at that stage or was there an interregnum? I uh, know there, there was a fairly long interregnum, yeah. I'd, I had been doing a lot of... Um, I'd been doing a lot... Of, I'd done TV and RT for maybe the best part of 10 years and then I was kind of doing bits and pieces. I was writing books and contributing things here and there. And uh, Sorry, on the t- you will forgive me if this is somewhat all over the show uh, because I'm intrigued by various different bits of you. On the books, it's true you write the books sitting on a train. yes. You get on the dart and go back and forth. Yes. And write in longhand. Yes. Why? Because it's a, 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 because it's a good use of that particular period of time when uh, you know rather than sitting there looking at the window. Uh, plus, also, it's kind of uh, it's easier to quite easy to concentrate there when you're at home. People keep coming in and out, asking you for things. You know, you keep getting interrupted. And whereas on the train, you can just kind of get locked in. But the train stops every two minutes and new people come on for you to gaze upon. And you have one of the most beautiful views. If you go all the way down to Greystones, you've got the stunning views over Kalani Bay. None of this distracts you. No, no. For some reason, the kind of rattle of the train helps uh, helps me to concentrate that way. So you were doing your train journey book writing in the Interregnum <laughs> and then started off on Moncrief. When you designed the show, how much has it changed from what its original plan was? Not that much, surprisingly enough. Because I, I do remember going in uh, for a meeting with them uh, before the show started up. And uh, certainly at that meeting, I had parenting as an idea. I had um, having, well, having a moral philosopher on who was Graham Finley, who's still with us. Uh, and I think in kind of the development stage, we came up with movies and booze. Uh, before so the show even went on air? Before the show went on air, yeah. So th- all those things were there from day one. The other thing that the show, of course, did at the start, it is now relatively common, although not the way that you do it, but it's relatively common to have uh, shows interacting in real time with text. At the time at which you did it, it wasn't. It was completely new. It, text was a new technology. And... Um, Probably overdid it reading out the text because I can remember maybe we were about a year on air. We were still a Dublin station at that stage that you know, a woman saying to me, ah, yeah, you're the text fella. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which pretty much summed it up. That's all I did. Yeah, but it was it was more than that you just read them out. You were the only person who would directly engage, argue, and often put up with personal abuse because you would read text that had effectively said, you're a moron, Sean. You say, no, 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 hang oh, on, yeah. I disagree <laughs> totally and go to war with texters. Yeah, that is true. Uh, now, a lot of people do it because Ivan Yates was great for it. Ivan Yates is, they just read out all the abuse and just go, ha, 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 in that kind of... Ivan's Yates a unique way. specimen yes, in many yes, ways. Yes. But you, you never found that to be... Because I, I would have thought having to argue your way through your own programme is challenging, no? It can be challenging, but it wasn't, uh, that wasn't, it wasn't conflict all the time. And I suppose that that felt slightly different because it's at a remove. When social media, or, or at least to the extent like some years after that, I had a Twitter account. That's when it got nasty. That's when you might think, I don't really want to open it this morning because God knows what's there. Whereas in the text 
uh, context. People would argue about a specific thing, if you know what I mean. You also created that thing that is, is enviable in, and so few programmes managed to get it. That sense of a, a club, that sense of the regular people, I think probably prime amongst them was your relationship with Paolo Tullio. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, now it's... When I look back on it, we've had four regular contributors uh, who died, Tomás Clancy, Paolo, David Carey and Terry Dolan. And um, all of those people were people that uh, I felt I'd uh, a strong friendship with that built up over the time. And all of them, there was a kind of a, a thing where, where Paolo would come in and we'd just resume a conversation that we had, we, we, you know, we had been having the week before, which would, ha- which would go take place during the ad break and then a bit afterwards. And, and certainly... Paolo would come in ostensibly to talk about food and he'd be in for half an hour. And regularly it was the case that the producer at the time would be popping in my ear like we're 20 minutes in. You haven't mentioned food yet. Because <laughs> uh, Paolo would like to go into, uh, Paolo liked to go into uh, Aldi or Lidl before the show and he'd come in with, and you know the middle aisles where they sell all that random stuff. Like he couldn't help himself but to, to buy something. And he'd come in with a chainsaw under his arm and go, oh, this is wonderful. Look at this, you know, because uh, he loved making things. And his house out in Wicklow was full of, you know, sheds he'd made. And he constructed this kind of a, a extraordinary stone circle uh, with an obelisk in the middle of it that... Um, the local authority, the Wicklow local authority, he, he, at some point said, you can't knock that down. That's a protected area now because it's ancient. <laughs> and Paolo was saying, no, I built this five years ago. So he had to hire a crane to have it lifted up to show them a 50 pence piece he'd put underneath it to prove he'd built it. You're kidding. Yeah. You have to love a man who decides, you know the thing I need? An obelisk. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he, was, he was a fantastic character. Are you the same on air as off air? No. How? Um, I, I, generally speaking, if people meet me uh, off air, they're kind of, there's, after a while, there's a slight amount of disappointment uh, um, <laughs> because they expect me to kind of be like, always up and I'm entertaining out of millions of stories and that kind of stuff. No, there's, there's a Pavlov's dog reaction you have when the light goes on that I turn into another person. It's not like it's not me, but if I'm, in a, if I'm with a group of friends I wouldn't be the person dominating the conversation. Other people will do that. It's funny, I, I heard it described as as being two gins up yourself, you know, <laughs> midway through the second drink. Yes, it's still yes, me, but yeah. it's a little bit more me. Yes, yeah. What have been the disasters over the 18-year period? Are there any moments you look back on and go, oh. Uh, God save us tonight, where would I start? There was, um, there was an outside broadcast we did on the back of a truck in Limerick. And... Um, that, like there's two ways of transmitting things back to base. One is through a satellite and one is through a hard line. Now, we were doing it on a satellite. Now, it was a rainy Friday afternoon uh, in Limerick and the satellite went down and the hard line went down. And uh, that was, we had to keep going and in the hope that they'd reestablish it again. And eventually they did. And then there was another time when uh, we were doing, we were in, um, there was a massive technical disaster and uh, I was interviewing a guy, I can't remember actually what it was about, but it was a very personal, very tragic story. It was, a, it was the death of somebody close to him who had died. And the death completely failed. And so he had to tell me the story literally while there was a technician between his legs trying to, trying to, and it's hard to kind of, you know, keep your sympathy going or saying, we're taking this seriously, we really are. Where there's a guy 
uh, plugging wires in underneath him. So yes, it's it's hard to emote <laughs> with yeah. a man betwixt your thighs. <laughs> so what have been the moments then that you look back at with most pride? Um, or do you do pride? For some reason you strike me as somebody who doesn't do much in the way of pride. No, I think probably, actually the most, like the whole, I mean, I think the whole function of it is, uh, uh, of radio, is that it's company during the day for people. Uh, and also, you'd hope every now and again, they might go, God, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that before. And I think it's probably when, when somebody would send in a text or an email and say, you know, I hadn't thought of that thing before. That's really interesting. And, and when my partner came home this evening, we had a big conversation about it. That's when you're doing your job, uh, essentially, rather than, you know, a big set piece thing. I mentioned the uh, the Don't Feed the Gondolas uh, before the, the train of authoring <laughs> interregnum, as we now refer to it. Uh, did your persona on air change from the TV show to the radio show? I had the sense of the TV show that we saw a more acerbic you than we see now on radio. Yeah. the uh, I mean, like any broadcasting, you're acting to a certain extent, even though, as you say, you're kind of acting a version of yourself. But that actually what happened with gondolas after three years, you didn't like yourself that much because we were, you know, we'd look through the papers every day to look for nasty things to say about people, you know, when there might be many other things to say about people. So when I started the show here, um, there was a lot of, oh, why don't we get comedians in? And I'm not really a comedian, actually. I was, you know, originally a journalist, but I, I, I made a hard rule as to not interview comedians because I wanted to get away from that as much as possible. And even at that... Uh, over the first few years when we would be booking guests, there would be a certain amount of reticence in the sense of, well, is he going to take the mickey out of me here? Yeah, I was intrigued because I remember as a listener at the start, I'm not surprised by, but I was intrigued by the warmth in the show because I thought, you know, there would be an element of this is going to have edge to it. But it was a conscious decision not to be that edgy. Yeah, because the thing, there's a big difference between, like, television is far more contrived, as you know. Everything is... Uh, which camera are you going to look at? What are your last words going to be? What way are you going to turn? Radio, it's just you and a microphone. And it's much more intimate. And it'll fi- if you're acting, it'll find you out much quickly and much quicklier. Uh, even Indeed. if you can't speak properly. Um, <laughs> it always needed that extra yeah, yeah. syllable. That word has been far too small for too long. So as you now stand, do you, do you, are you restless for the show? Are there things where you say, I'd love to do X or I'd love to do Y? Or is it the comfy armchair that you sit into every afternoon? Oh, no, it's never a comfy armchair. And, you know, you know this as much as I do. Everyone's as good as their last gig. You know, you're, it's cyclical. Mere well, moments from being fired, exactly, all of us, Sean. <laughs> yes, yeah, we all are. And, and uh, even though, like, in, in broadcasting terms, like, prior to doing this, I'd never had a gig that lasted longer than three years. And even at that, there would have been gaps in between. Um, so you have to be kind of consciously aware of the fact that every now and again, it needs a kick in the arse. But we're kind of looking very hard at everything and saying, does that work? Does that work? How do we change it up? Those kinds of things. I have an interesting relationship with your programme in that it, in, in prior to presenting a show on News Talk, I had only ever been on the station once, which was on your uh, <laughs> yes. programme. I'm there for something of a new arrival to it. Who, who do you like and who do you not like among the other presenters? I love all the presenters. We all adore each other. Big hugs on the way in. <laughs> <laughs> the one and only Sean Moncrief. Sean, thank you so much. Thanks, Anton. <laughs>